Good day, awesome people. This is Nick to the Plus. How you doing? Thank you for listening to this podcast. This podcast is brought to you by Juice Plus. Bridging the gap between what we should eat versus what we actually eat. Whole food nutrition. It's not a vitamin. Jetson food. Over 30 fruits and vegetables in a capsule or gummy for the kids. The most researched nutritional product on the market. Go and Google it. Google the most researched nutritional product on the market. Inspiring healthy living around the world. If you want to live to the plus with Nick to the plus with Juice Plus, go to nicktotheplus.com and click on the button Take Action. Some people, this is Nick to the Plus. It is Wednesday. Dang it, I forgot to look at the date. I think it's the 11th. I think it's the 11th. Uh, it's 6:18 in the morning. Just finishing up my workout. My morning workout. Still going strong for 75 hard. I think I'm on day 18 or 19. That's 18 or 19 days of no drinking. Been off my blood pressure medicine for nine days, so maintaining. But <clears throat> as predicted, uh, HEB is uh, instituting the mask mandate again. And I'm claiming a legitimate health condition uh, over the year that we were wearing masks. My blood pressure was higher because I'm re- breathing my own CO2 
and covering your face automatically uh, activates your fight or flight response so you're in a constant stress um, scenario with chemically and hormonally um, mentally uh, subconsciously you know can't control it and uh, so I don't want my blood pressure to go up again I don't want to go on medications again I don't want to go on medications that cause diabetes I'm responsible for my health HEB is not uh, they can't dictate how I breathe or how I maintain my health so uh, I've put into HR and I have a doctor's appointment to get a medical um, written medical uh, orders right so um, I'm gonna share with you this next segment is a conversation I hope the audio comes out good but it's a conversation between about four or five people a doctor uh, a man with his his dad in the hospital with COVID and they're advocating for proven treatment that works um, they have uh, they've been putting a lot of patients on radizavir, radizavir something that's proven 20% kidney damage people and uh, it has zero efficacy to fight COVID it basically kills people right and so this doctor goes through actual science stating actual science about proven treatments that uh, the mainstream media, the CDC, the government, is uh, uh, the pharmaceutical companies are suppressing, right? And so that's breaking the Hippocratic Oath. Uh, it's criminal, and the truth is like a, a beach ball that you try to push under the water, it's gonna pop up eventually, and all this foolishness will uh, have to come down the house of cards is falling the truth is coming out so please listen to this conversation um, it has a lot of details a lot of advice if you know anybody that's battling COVID especially if they're in the hospital listen to this advice advocate for your friends and family and advocate that they have proper treatment that's proven so I uh, hope you enjoy and I might do a little segment after so um, y'all live to the plus advocate for health uh, just one more thing I forgot to mention so my health is strong I know that I'm wearing a mask over my cells I've worked very hard on this uh, methodically diligently I know that I'm healthy. Uh, last time I had the flu or was sick more than a day was in 1999. The last time I took the flu shot, it was the sickest I've ever been in my whole life. Ever since I've been healthy, is that luck? I don't think so because I know about health. I know how to take care of myself, right? So I'm protected. I have faith. Um, if I get sick, I know there's treatments out there to help me uh, which was in, in this conversation you're about to hear uh, but also 
it's been proven that you know so they don't mention very much but uh 80 of the population asymptomatic right they've also proved that um asymptomatic people uh can't spread the disease right if you're if you're not coughing hacking sneezing uh producing air particles in the air around people if you're not covering your mouth uh, that's when you, you get people sick, right? And a virus doesn't get you sick. It's the integrity of your cells, the level of your deficiencies, and toxicities, right? So that's the reason why some people get sick, some people don't. But they don't say that much. But uh, just so you know, I'm protected, and I'll make common sense precautions to protect other people if I'm treating a patient. I'm gonna wear a mask then but no mask for mass use prolonged mass mask use no 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 doesn't make sense doesn't make sense no science backing it it's just about control politics and foolishness so y'all live to the plus state law and so 
Um, I cited the various studies, the Stoic trial, the Harvard and, and Oxford and the Texan case study, it, and, as well as many specific cases. And, and, and also copied in my lawyer. And then, it's, then I immediately called the, the nurse's station at ICU and, and I said, uh, please have the doctor call me right away. He had not seen the facts. I read it to him and he reluctantly agreed to give her the treatment. And uh, everybody in at the hospital, major teaching hospital that's nationally known, decided uh, apparently they didn't want to do the ethics committee meeting, so they, they went ahead and gave her the budesonide treatment, which she was out of ICU in two days. She was in a regular room where they don't like to nebulize you because there's not HEPA filters in, typically in a, in a, in a uh, regular room. Are you familiar with what a HEPA filter is? Yes. Yeah, it's a high efficiency filter that they say will will uh, you know keep, keep COVID from you know spreading. Um, and also nebulization. Are you familiar with nebulization? Uh, yes, too. Yeah, and that's that's a uh, just a standard inexpensive nebulizer that that puts the the drug into a into a, a, a atomized state. Uh, you know, vapor that can be inhaled that can be done on a on a um, you know, and, and a little mask with oxygen, it can be done and innovated when you're innovated as well. So, so um, she was transferred into a regular room without a, a HEPA filter, and the hospital did not want to give her nebulized treatments. Uh, and, and in this case, I had already knew that the hospital had a room with a HEPA filter, uh, two rooms on a regular floor with a HEPA filter. So I said, well, transfer those COVID patients out of there if they're not using it. And put my wife in, and they did. I got a hold of a really good doctor when she was in a normal room, and they gave her the treatments, and then she continued the treatments when she was out of the hospital, and she's doing obviously very well now. So, so I prepared for a fight. Other people, um, you know, have a right not to get innovated if you don't want to be, you don't have to, uh, uh, and so um, they've they've opted not to get innovated. Uh, they've tried the treatment. Uh, other people have already been innovated. They tried the treatment and got better. And many people that had been innovated tried the treatment and finally tried the treatment and uh, it were not successful. Many people tried to had hired lawyers, a lawyer, and contacted the hospital, and the hospitals still refused to give the treatment. So these people that that are in for the fight of their life, oftentimes. When they uh, when they try to go up against the hospital to to and, and what's being requested here is a very common treatment that's given to emphysema patients and people with high altitude sickness and it just uh, you know it, it attacks the cytokine storm that, that goes on in a COVID pneumonia lung and so um, the doctors were my wife were yeah, okay well yeah we can we can attack it from both sides so they were giving her. Uh, steroids through the IV, and they said, "Yeah, okay, no problem." And they gave it to her through uh, nebulization. So people will get varied um, responses from the doctors and hospitals, but you got to be prepared to fight. Uh, this is this this is the, the fight of of their lives. In the case of your father, um, it 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 absolutely wouldn't hurt to try it. Uh, it can only help. And even though he's in, in, in more advanced stages, uh, without knowing all the details, you have the right to try uh, whatever you know, whatever is is plausible. Uh, in my opinion, I'm not a lawyer either. Did she develop 
there be kind of kidney issues? Because it seems like they're telling us now that he has some kind of kidney issues as well. Well, um, she did not, but but she she has had historically some kidney issues, but she did not. And it, this is just my opinion, but they give you drugs in the hospital, such as remdesivir, and yep. um, and that is that's what they gave him. Yeah, and, and you could you could study why they removed that from the uh, the Ebola trials four years ago in Africa. Um, so that's not FDA approved. It is F, it, it is approved only by emergency use authorization. Had I known my wife was in the hospital and I still studied it, I would have had her taken off of it immediately. But that's just me from what I've read. Yeah. And uh, I have not been advised by any doctor to say that or do that. That's just one thing that I was going to do. And sure. So, so in this case, um, I can, uh, uh, you know, I can help you, uh, you know, with with questions on, on how to how to deal with the hospital. I think it's best to put it in black and white. Send it to them. Make sure you, you get a lawyer or a personal injury lawyer, and on their on that copy of that fax. And uh, send it to the ICU and the administrative office if if you can find that fax number. I call the the nurses station and ask for the fax number, and they get. Okay. Uh, but but I also had a woman that that we were in the same point of the conversation on a phone call, and I said, okay, I'm going to fact I'm going to email you the information uh, that I used. And well, before I sent it to her, she called me back and said, nope, the hospital said they'll do it. It's like, oh, okay. So it can be as easy as that, and, and it can be as difficult as the hospital absolutely refuses under any circumstances, except for even, who knows, a possibly a court order, which is nothing that happens quickly, I don't, I don't think. Yeah. And I don't think he has much time left, it looks like. So any assistance you can provide, that would be very yeah. appreciated. And, and so, yeah, give me your... <laughs> so I'm going to jump in now because you're exactly right. What they're signaling to you when they say comfort measures is that they're not going to do treatment uh, to cure. Uh, they're not interested in a recovery. They're interested in comfort measures to death as an end result. And uh, I can tell you there are uh, people who are 95 years old that have been treated with this treatment and have beat COVID. They have recovered from COVID. And That's amazing. Yep. And so you're, I know of several in their 90s that have beat COVID, 95, 95, and 98. And so you're uh, not a reason to give up on someone. And uh, in this situation, uh, the fact that they're saying comfort measures opens the door for you to say, I want to increase his comfort with breathing because budesonide will decrease the inflammation in the lungs and help him be more comfortable and breathe more freely. And so absolutely, that's an extra argument uh, on your behalf because number one, the Hippocratic Oath is to, uh, to decrease, is do no harm and then decrease human suffering. And so, uh, alleviating human suffering would be helping someone breathe. So budesonide uh, does four things according to a study for acute lung injury and ARDS. It's an article. If you go to budesonideworks.com, you can click on the validation uh, tab 
And number nine on the validation tab is an article that uh, a link to an article that's found at the NIH database. That article uh, was uh, published in the Saudi Journal of Anesthesia in 2017, so it's fairly recent, right before the pandemic. Okay. And, and that article shows that uh, nebulized budesonide improves oxygen, decreases swelling or edema in the lung tissue, decreases scarring and and to the lungs, and and shuts off the release of the cytokines, the poisons that are causing someone to feel feel terrible and leads to the cytokine storm and death. And so those are all things that are benefits. And uh, the fact that budesonide has been studied specifically as that one medicine by itself against COVID is uh, proven in two studies, randomized controlled trials, called the STOIC trial and the PRINCIPAL trial at Oxford University. And so those studies, the STOIC trial was stopped early because of the overwhelming evidence that it was effective and it would be unethical to let the people get placebos COVID. so they stopped it in the study because it was unethical to continue and they concluded with that study that 90 percent of patients could pre with with covid would avoid hospitalizations er visits and even urgent care visits if they were treated with budesonide inhaled uh medicine so uh, this is an effective medicine. It's proven. I just told you the studies. Uh, it even decreases suffering by helping with breathing, which is the reason many people are in the hospital. They get acute lung injury or acute respiratory distress syndrome as a result of COVID causing inflammation in the lungs. And that's what caused that. No doubt. That's why your father's in the hospital. And so you have the right to try you. You also, if you, if they, hospital will not uh, cooperate you can get online and you can find out where to turn in a complaint to uh, concerning the hospital for uh, for uh, depriving your father of medicine that would alleviate his suffering and uh, is saving is a tool that's helping many people live and not die from the same condition and so i would uh, uh, i would not give up as long as someone's breathing there's hope He's not at the point where he's in the IC. He's not in the ICU. He's not on the ventilator. Uh, right. There's lots of signals here that he is not in a situation where the hospital and the doctors and the nurses should be giving up. And uh, the fact that they are is embarrassing. As a physician, I can say I'm embarrassed for them. <laughs> they're giving up on people's loved ones and trying and, and and then preparing the family to forget to give up on their loved ones as well. And so um, if, if a doctor or a nurse or a hospital uh, does not uh, refuses or, or to give life-saving medicines uh, or uh, to alleviate human suffering, to decrease suffering for a patient, then, uh, and uh, they're doing that will to the medical board, to the nursing board, or to the state for the hospital. And in the meantime, you can demand an ethics committee consult, which will cause them to know that you're sincere in, in what you're uh, requesting for your loved one. Does that all make sense? Sure, sure. Okay. Okay. So this is a medicine that's so safe, it's been used on two pound premature babies in the NICU for 25 years. And it's never been in the news for causing trouble because 
it's that safe. It's a medicine that's been proven to be effective. Uh, Oxford University proved it in two randomized controlled trials called the Stoic and Principle trial, overwhelmingly uh, uh, effective. Uh, and may, and may, I, may I add the oldest uh, learning institution in the world? Yes, it's the oldest university in the English-speaking world since 1096 with 72 Nobel Prize laureates. So that's a, that's a reliable source of information. And it's uh, so you are armed now with information. Those are just the facts. Those are not opinions. Uh, and uh, you're uh, and, uh, and the final thing is there is such a thing as patient rights. And the patient and the patient's family are the only ones that have the vote. They're the only ones with the right to make decisions. That's why you need to have a doctor will not do brain surgery on you until you sign a paper. Uh, or if your loved one is make that decision, you are, and you're the next of kin, you're the one that has that right. The doctor doesn't get to sign the paper and then do brain surgery on you. The same thing applies to med medical care in the hospital. And so you have the right, you have to be the one that is the advocate. And the, uh, the American Medical Association Code of Medical Ethics says that a doctor has the responsibility to uh, tell the patient and the patient's family every treatment option, every treatment option, the risk and benefit of every treatment option, and if there's any financial benefit to anyone concerning the treatment options. And then the... Uh, the Joint Commission is what sort of, and they say that every hospital has a responsibility to have to train their staff to tell the patient, the patient's family, every treatment option, the risk and benefit of every treatment option, and if there's any financial benefit to anyone uh, con concerning a treatment option. So you have these rights, uh, and this is the United States. You have certain inalienable rights. Uh, you have rights concerning the American. Medical Association Code of Medical Ethics for Doctors, Joint Commission's Oversight of Hospitals, uh, the State's Oversight of Hospitals, the Medical Board Overseeing Doctors, the Nursing Board Overseeing Nurses, the rights are yours for your, for your father since you're the next of kin. And so you need to end what would decrease his suffering and can save his life, potentially. Yeah. And, and may I add one thing? If you are successful, and hopefully you will be, to get him the treatment he needs of the budesonite, um, I can tell you with firsthand uh, knowledge, as well as many other people that I've advocated for, that you have to be there almost for every treatment or make sure that he gets every treatment. I've had everything from, yes, he's getting the treatment, only to find out it's 0.25 milligrams twice a day, not one milligram, three times a day. Other people say, yes, he's getting budesonide, uh, you know, a puffer. That's not the treatment. That's not the benefit. So you have to stay even once they agree that, yes, he's going to get that treatment, um, that you have to stay on top of it and take names of every doctor, everybody you speak to. Um, you never know. You may need those um, names in the, in the case of a, of a of a bad outcome, but certainly you can hold their feet to the fire. But it has, to be, but it has to be nebulized, it has to be under a nebulizer, not an inhaler. Yes. I'll explain that. Yep. So inhaler, uh, science has shown, many studies over the last 30 years have shown that using an inhaler, even if you have uh, no impairment in breathing, 
Uh, many times you only get 10% of the medicine to the target tissue in the lungs with an inhaler, a puffer. But with a nebulizer, it makes a mist. And just simply by making that mist and, and, it, and it trickling down into the lung tissue, you can get up to 60% of the medicine to the target tissue easily. Because it's a surface area. Okay. Yes, because you're actually getting it right to, it's a targeted approach. Uh, one of the arguments that's often thrown out there that's bogus is that they're already getting that treatment. You no, know, if they're giving IV steroids, if they're giving IV dexamethasone, that came out of a different study out of Oxford that showed that it increased survival by 20%. Trial says 90% success with a targeted approach of steroids. It's a totally different which, uh, which trial was that? System. Doctor, which trial was that? Um, it was you, you the, broke up when you said the one was 20% and then the other was, it kind of broke up. Yeah, the dexamethasone study uh, was uh, June of 2020 out of Oxford University, and it was with dexamethasone showing that it increases survival by 20%. That's IV steroids that are used in the hospital for COVID. And that is not the same thing as 90% success with a different uh, study out of Oxford University called that's because one is getting you, you broke up on us again right there called what so I'll have to look up the name of the uh, would you look up the name of that study with dexamethasone from Oxford University uh, I'll, I'll give you the name of that study in a moment okay but no it, showed, it showed survival of 20 uh, an increased survival by 20 percent is my point it's not the same thing to give steroids IV as it is as a targeted uh, respiratory uh, delivery. Can you, uh, can you also speak to a nebular pressurized solution room? So this is real simple. Uh, it just needs to be nebulized, which means that it's made into a mist. It's easier to uh, breathe it into to get a higher percentage of the medicine to the target tissue in the lungs. And so um, the hospitals already have nebulizers in their hospitals, so you're going to use whatever they have. Uh, if, if they say that uh, it's a risk of spreading the medicine, then you tell that uh, spreading the virus by using a nebulizer. Actually, uh, studies looking at aerosol generating procedures of viruses were done with the Ebola outbreak. And they found that intubating a patient and extubating a patient, putting someone, putting the tube down their throat and pulling it out of their throat to put them on a ventilator was the most dangerous virus. Nebulizer treatments were not nearly as dangerous, but there's no, no hospital is holding back on putting people on a ventilator or taking them off the ventilator with, with COVID. But they, but there is this illogical non-scientific argument that using a nebulizer could spread the virus um, like it's more dangerous than intubating or extubating. And that, and that has been proven wrong when they studied aerosol generating procedures with viruses. So um, the science is already settled. Uh, nebulized budesonide uh, does make a difference with COVID. Uh, it's it's a medicine that's generic, readily available in every hospital. Um, in this situation, they're just doing comfort measures for your for your father. This would be a comfort measure that you could 
correctly ask for because it's going to help him breathe more freely. And so I think I've given you enough information. And, and at this point, I'm concerned that uh, uh, you need to act quickly for him. And, 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 I was and just going to ask, Dr. Doctor, could you um, make you just kind of mention about remdesivir? Um, oh, yes. This, and also about the study from November 2020. Okay, so the, uh, the study with showing a 20% increased survival from Oxford University was called the recovery trial. That was with IV. That was March 2020. Uh, it was called the recovery trial, Oxford University. That's IV steroids. They're already giving that to everyone. The second thing is remdesivir uh, causes kidney damage, uh, kidney damage for many people. It, it is, is toxic to the kidneys. I think it's a 20%, 23% instance of toxicity to the kidneys. Uh, and so that's uh, something that's already been well documented. Uh, the World Health Organization in November of 2020 announced that they had looked at uh, studies from 11, on 11,000 patients from around and over 20 nations. And they saw that remdesivir does not increase survival uh, statistically at all. It does not affect mortality rates, meaning not one person, uh, not one life is saved statistically. And you said 11,000 so 11, patients in how many hospitals? 480 hospitals. Okay. And so they looked at an overwhelming amount of information and they said that it doesn't change mortality rate at all. And that's talking about saving lives when you talk about mortality rate. So um, contrast that to uh, Budesima preventing 90% of hospitalizations, ER visits, and even urgent care visits. Contrast that to the principal trial showing that it helps with the elderly, which applies to your father. Contrast that to the uh, evidence from the Saudi Journal of Anesthesia that's posted at the NIH database from 2017 for people on the ventilator, um, how it helps them with uh, decreasing the, the, the cytokine release, the swelling in the lungs, the scarring of the lungs, and how it improves the oxygenation. And so uh, the, this is really obvious uh, what would help your father. And, and uh, at this point, it's obvious to me that they're not, uh, the focus has been and so you need to intervene. And that's one milligram three times a day? Awesome people, this is Nick to the Plus. Uh, tell me what you thought about that conversation, about that recording. Um, let me know if you have anybody that has had similar experiences, if you have anybody in the hospital, uh, if you have anybody that's afraid, or anything like that. If you want to learn more about how to promote health versus politics and sick care, and poison uh, let me know come to Nick to the plus uh, I don't have all the answers but I'll do everything possible to help you to advocate for you and your friends and your family for your community and live to the plus <laughs>
Yeah. 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 Yeah.